Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 104. It is Wednesday, December 5th, and Zach, December football, but more importantly, fantasy football playoffs are back. Yes. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Would you like for me to sing? Uh, no, you don't have to sing. I agree with that sentiment if it involved uh, you or I. We both miss the, uh, the, the fantasy playoffs. So it's the most wonderful time of the year for eight teams, not including us. I love it. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so, yeah, so fantasy playoffs, they are back. It is week 14 in the NFL. So, some big important matchups in the NFL, but certainly uh, the quarterfinals are here for CMB. Oh, yeah. So, we will definitely cover that here in a bit. This is going to be kind of an abridged version of the podcast because we have four fewer matchups to talk about. We're going to talk about eight teams instead of 14. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. This is where it starts getting good. This is where the episodes get smaller. Mm-hmm. So we like. Not saying we're like you know excited to to cut these in half, but uh, yeah, I mean it's been a long season. It has. I mean, a lot of podcasts in a row. So uh, let's get a champion. And let's do this. All right, let's get right in, Zach, and do a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Week 14 of the NFL, and this news actually took place right before week 13. This news broke on Friday, and we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, Zach, over text. I know I mentioned the thing on the Facebook group, but the Chiefs officially cut Kareem Hunt after the domestic violence video surfaced. And it's important to note that because the video was released by TMZ Sports on Friday. And I'm telling you, by the time the video surfaced on Twitter, made its way on social media, I think there was maybe a two-hour window before the Chiefs cut him. Yeah, cut- yeah. It was crazy. crazy. Yes, yes. I, I've never seen something so swift in my life. Yeah, I, um, I honestly had no idea about it. And uh, one of the guys in my, my other league texted me, and he's like, did you hear? I be- he goes, I barely got Spencer Ware. I just dropped him the other day, and I was able to pick him up. And I was like, what happened? And before you know, he could text me back, I'd already found out. And, yeah, that was, that was just crazy, man. I mean, um, I mean, that's just – that's the – that's how it's going to go, though, for sure. Probably the biggest story in the NFL this season, I would say, and it happened so late in the year. Uh, like you said, it was an incident that took place in January, uh, or maybe it was February, but it, it took place earlier in the calendar year. Uh, the league, I think, knew about it. Maybe they didn't, but uh, action doesn't really take place until the video services now in uh, the NFL. So um, big cut to the Chiefs' backfield but I still think this is the, you know, the most high-powered offense in the league, even without Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Spencer Ware is you know, top-of-the-line top uh, backup, so uh, I think they're going to be okay. And I posted the poll on Facebook, and no one really responded except for maybe you and Jake, but I was just thinking, I, for m- myself, if I would have seen that news, I would have gone straight to the waiver wire and seen if Spencer Ware were available, and guess what? He wasn't because I had him traded to me a few weeks prior by Jake. Yeah, I remember that Jake picked him up and then traded him same day, you know. So uh, I remember that whole that whole thing. So I, I didn't even bother. Yeah, and now actually, I mean, I would say two weeks ago, but now really especially is the time to grab handcuffs if any are available. I don't think there are any in our leagues that are so deep, but in a lot of leagues, if, if there are any handcuffs available, now is the time. I mean, we saw another injury last week to uh, Malcolm Brown, the backup running back, in uh for the rams so 
uh, grab John Kelly, I would say, if you have him, because you never know what could happen to Gurley or any of those uh, running backs that have handcuffs. No, there's still handcuffs left in our league, um, and it just depends on if you want to – if you need, if you have an extra roster spot for that, and you want to take somebody else as you can. I mean, off the top of my head, I know Suggs um, and John do not have the backup for Zeke on their team. Uh, we dropped Jamal Williams. Um, I don't know. I mean, the San Francisco, you know, Alfred Morris was out there, and then this uh, this new guy Wilson, you know, that got all the fabs. So um, there's still people out there for sure. All right, the second biggest story of the week by far is the Green Bay Packers fire Mike McCarthy following their loss to the Cardinals, which I think once they lost and, you know, Mason Crosby misses that game-winning field goal, it kind of looked like the writing was on the wall for McCarthy. They fire him in like maybe an hour or two after the game. So what was your reaction to this, sack? I mean, did you see this one coming for the Packers? Well, I kind of hate to let the cow out of the bag here, but uh, we kind of had a hand in this um, H&F. We had Aaron Jones, and uh, he just kept giving meaningless carries to uh, Jamal Williams, notably 11 <laughs> touches this past week uh, when we could have really used those 11 touches to Aaron Jones. And uh, so, you know, just a few text messages here and there just kind of let him know that we thought it was in the best interest to kind of let him go. Uh, he's, yeah. So. <laughs> so you guys definitely had a play in this. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Mike McCarthy, I was kind of surprised that he was fired midseason. I mean, I knew once he'd lost the Cardinals, okay, it's, it's definitely done. But McCarthy brought a Super Bowl to Green Bay, had more winning seasons than not, obviously. But I'll say this for Aaron uh, Rodgers, not Aaron Jones. Who cares about him? Running backs in Green Bay are time a dozen. They come every year. But Aaron Rodgers, the centerpiece of that team, that franchise, he's free. He's allowed to do what he wants the rest of the season. I think Mike McCarthy was holding him back. And so I think you know, whoever the next coach is going to be there – you know, it's like a package deal. They have to be on board with, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this week will be very interesting to see. Um, you know, it could have been, obviously, Mike McCarthy holding him back, and it also could have been his knee that he miraculously came back from, you know, when he was carted off the field. So that could still be lingering around um, right. this late in the season. But, yeah, this, this week it'll be very interesting to see how uh, Rodgers responds. You mentioned his injury from week one. Speaking of injuries, there were a lot in week 13 this past week. Some season-ending injuries, unfortunately, for some players. So let's go over these real quickly here. Some of these, not a ton of impact because they belong to teams in our league that are not in the playoffs. But the Broncos placed Emmanuel Sanders of Isaiah 40-31. He had a torn Achilles. He gets placed on IR. Uh, Sanders finished the regular season as the number 16 receiver in CMB had a surprisingly good season, I would say, uh, for a team that was being led by Case Keenum. Um, so this paves the way for Cortland Sutton, their rookie wide receiver, though it doesn't really do H&F any good. No. Yep. All right. Next one here. Biggest injury of the week, probably, I would say, is the Bengals place A.J. Green of uh, Dragon Energy in our league. A toe injury, they place him on IR. He's done for the season. The Bengals are done. I mean, Andy Dalton's on IR. A.J. Green is on IR. What are they playing for? I don't think they're even playing for Marvin Lewis's job. Yeah. But they, uh, A.J. Green finished the regular season as the number 27-ranked receiver in CMB, so a disappointing year for Green, who had a lot of injuries. Fortunately for Rich, though, of Dragon Energy, he has Cincinnati's new number one receiver in Tyler Boyd, but uh, Green is still on his roster right now, and he's not been moved to IR or, or removed from his team. So here's a tip, Rich. Cut Green and pick up somebody you need for depth in the playoffs. So 
Oh, he's got him benched though, right? Yeah, he's on his bench, but oh. it's still he's he's wasting a roster spot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he needs to get cut cut the cord on that one. All right, another player moved to IR. The Panthers placed Greg Olson of Big Orange Bullies, of course, in our league. A torn plantar fascia. Ugh. Right foot injury. He's now on IR. This is, I think, the third foot injury Greg Olson's had maybe this year. He's missed a lot of the season. He finished the regular season in fantasy with just 80 fantasy points. The 16th-ranked tight end in CMB. I would say this is a disappointment for Chase, and this would probably be somebody he would need to put on his list of disappointing players. He was Chase's uh, – he was the first pick of the sixth round in our draft this year. Yeah, yeah. So a, a brutal year for Greg Olson and uh, for Chase, of course. You you know, like we always say, the bad luck continues. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to Chase's team next year and just kind of cringe and feel for those players, you know, when they're named. Well, and I just thought of this too. Greg Olson was rumored to – actually, not rumored. I think he was supposed to work – uh, for Fox, right, to do commentating with their broadcast team. Do you think uh, this injury ends his career? Um, I don't know. You never know. You know, with uh, Witten last year, I mean, wouldn't surprise me. Yep, good call. Uh, another injury here, this one does affect this week, in that the Steelers rule out James Conner, the stud running back who has taken over and made Steelers fans forget about Le'Veon Bell. He belongs to the Almond Brothers, who are out of the playoffs, of course, but uh, in week 14 against Oakland this week, they've ruled him out. But it does have implication for Tecmo Power Runners, who picked up Jalen Samuels, who is now the running back. They picked him up on November 14th for $10. Uh, so a big, a big pickup there comes in clutch for Tecmo, who needs to use uh, Jalen Samuels this week. Um, yeah. In the two games Samuels filled in for Connor in second-half duty, he scored 11 points in each time. Uh, with each outing, he will be a 50-50 split, unfortunately, uh, with Steven Ridley. But get this, Zach. It's, it, I think it's bogus, but Yahoo is still listing Samuels as a dual running back and tight end. Did you see their tweet about it? I didn't. What, what was the tweet? Uh, I could probably maybe look it up, but basically they just said it was so late. Um, here, I'm going to look it up real quick. But it was so late in the process of everybody putting in claims, you know, so they uh, they didn't feel that it was fair to go ahead and remove the tight end eligibility, or they would have. Um, so they they kind of made a statement from their their Twitter account, and if I find it, I'll read it. But that that's the gist of it. I think that's garbage because ESPN removed his tight end eligibility. Uh, I don't know if Matthew Barry's calling the shots there, but I know he put out a video and he tweeted about how he thinks. You know, he was a running back in college. He was drafted as a running back, so he should be a running back in fantasy. Uh, this may be the one time that I, I give the nod to ESPN over Yahoo when it comes to fantasy football, but in pretty much every other facet, it's Yahoo. Yeah, here's the tweet. On Jalen Samuels, this is uh, straight from Yahoo Fantasy Sports on Twitter. It says, he had running back slash tight end eligibility all season. If we remove tight end eligibility today, it would not take effect until this evening. This was posted yesterday after most claims have been made. We felt it was not fair to change it so late in the day or season. Samuels will remain an RB slash tight end in our game. I just don't even know why that combo is a thing because I mean, how many other running back tight ends are there, would you say, in, in CMB or just in Yahoo? It, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, it's just it's a mistake. You know, I mean, it's, yep. it, but – 
he's 50 50 if he truly is 50 50 it's not that big of a game changer but if sure. he, if he if he somehow gets a lot of snaps um at running back that's uh that's a that's a cheat code it's a game genie for uh fantasy football oh sure uh, last injury here to talk about this week is Melvin Gordon, who belongs to Big, Big Orange Bullies. Of course, means nothing for him. He's out of the playoffs. That sprained MCL. He was sidelined again on Wednesday. So it looks like uh, Strongside and Kemp's crew, they have split value this week because it looks like Austin Eckler, the PPR play, and Justin Jackson for Kemp's crew, they're going to get a lot of volume with, uh, with Melvin Gordon out again. And while he's been out, both Eckler and Jackson have put up good numbers. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens and see if uh, Gordon can even get back in time, you know, before the regular season's over with. So the Chargers face the Bengals this week, who are giving up the most fantasy points to running backs. So I think, I don't know, I haven't seen their lineups really, but I think that that Jake and uh, Matt slash John should consider Eckler and Jackson both. So yeah. we, we may see them in the quarterfinals. We shall see. All right, uh, Zach, with that, Let's move on and take a trip around CMB, do a little Week 13 recap. Do you have our all-pro team ready? Yes, I do. Let me uh, pull it over here. We've got your top quarterback, Mahomes, again, 39.95, just an unreal season for him. Your top wide receivers, Keenan Allen, 36.80, Antonio Brown, 31.40. Your top running backs, Cohen, uh, Cohen is that how you say it, 36.40, McCaffrey, 32.35, who's been automatic. Um, oh, and Travis Kelsey, who had a career day. It was awesome. 38.80 points for Travis Kelsey. Uh, and we'll throw uh, Todd Gurley there in the flex, uh, 31.50. Um, your top kicker was the Fairbairn guy, 21 points. Your DST was the Giants, 23. Top D, or IDPs, uh, Bobby Wagner, 36 points even. Ogletree, 27 um autry 26.25 and your top dbs was desmond king 25.70 and jamal adams 19.25 bringing your total to 425.40 points which was the second highest since i have been calling out the all pro weeks for this season i know suggs did a, a few but uh second highest wow yeah it was a big week i knew when i saw some of the numbers especially that big day for uh, Travis Kelsey, who just went off against the Raiders. I knew it was going to be a high week. Oh, yeah. Big, big week. So, uh, most added players, would you like to guess? Top three most added players. Uh, Jalen Samuels. Correct. Number one. Uh, the running back from the 49ers. I can't remember his name. Yes. Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Yeah, two. Um, Number three. Darren Sproles. Incorrect. Dante Pettis. Oh, yeah, of course. Dante Pettis, number three. Those are your most added players. So you said the all-pro team. I have some uh, – this isn't like Dan Patrick, you know, stat of the day, but I do have a few stats about – these are just about teams in our league that are in the playoffs. Would you like to hear some of these? Let's go for it. So I don't have a stat on every single team, but on a few of these. So for your worst nightmare, Kevin, he has Patrick Mahomes, who I saw this today, 41 passing touchdowns, which is nine more than Andrew Luck – who has the second most with 32, which is just ridiculous. Um, Mahomes also has the most total fantasy points among all players in CMB. He has 412.95, which is 80.15 higher than the second most. Who, uh, who do you think that is, Zach? Who has the second most fantasy points? In, in our league? In all CMB. Yep, all together. And Mahomes is one. 
Mahomes is one, and he is 80.15 points higher than the second-place person. I'm going to go with McCaffrey. It is Big Ben Roethlisberger, 332.80. Oh, my gosh. Unreal. So, a huge season for Mahomes. Um, Let's look at East Coast Wombats. So, this one, I know, Zach, this one still hurts and stings a little, but Saquon Barkley has an NFL high, 12 12 rushes of 20 yards or more. Barkley ranks second among running backs in CMB with 304.85 points. Who do you think is uh, the first? Who has, who has the first most among running backs? I don't know. Todd Gurley of Gregco, 330.15 points, which is actually the highest total for a non-quarterback. Mm-hmm. So your top four goes Mahomes, Roethlisberger, Breeze, and then Gurley, the only non-QB in the top five. Gurley leads the NFL with seventeen with eleven hundred and seventy five rushing yards. Wow! So uh, the number one overall pick in our league is uh, playing like it for sure. Oh yeah. Another ECW stat here: Julio Jones leads the NFL with thirteen hundred and twenty three re- receiving yards. And what do you think? Where do you think he ranks among receivers in CMB, Zach? Julio. Julio. He has the most receiving yards, thirteen hundred twenty three in the NFL. But no touchdowns. So. Uh... Right around maybe 10 or 11, something like that. Yeah, you're close. He's eighth. Only three receiving touchdowns this year, which is just unreal. That doesn't even put him in the top 75 among receivers for touchdowns this season. That just seems like a crime. Yes, yes. All right, and then last stat here, also for ECW, Adrian Peterson last week scored a 90-yard rushing touchdown in the Monday Night Football loss to the Eagles, but he finished the night with fewer than 100 rushing yards. So outside of that big run, he averaged one yard per carry. Wow. That's probably the most boomer bust stat you'll ever hear. <laughs> okay, I've got one for you. All right, let's hear it. Okay, Darius Leonard, IDP. If he was a, if he was a wide receiver, he would oh, finish man. as what? Uh, 23rd. He's, a, he's in the top 20 of wide receivers. I think he finished like 17th. That's amazing. Yes, that guy's been unreal. Rookie defensive player of the year, he should be. If he was a tight end, he would be the number three tight end in our league, Darius which, that Which supports Jake Stanifer of Kim's crew that supports his theory. His strategy on IDPs is if, you know, if you're a top IDP, you play like a top tight end in fantasy. That has equal value almost. Yeah, yep. So That's out of the bag now, Jake. We all know the secret. Yeah, we all know your secret, Jake. Yep. Uh, so that was, those are some stats from week 13. Zach, there was in week 13, we should recap just real quickly here, how the two teams got the final two playoff spots. And it came, Rich blew out West Coast Wombats, 173 to 124. So he took that seventh spot, leaving just one spot between me, you, and Kevin. And, of course, Kevin gets the last playoff spot. And I'll say this for H&F, you guys had a really close matchup coming down to Monday Night Football. Josh Adams put up just 9.25 points. Jordan Reed, 6 points. 10. Zach, what were your thoughts? Were you watching that game on Monday night? Was that boys to men? Mm-hmm. I could just let that play. So good. So good. So that's boys to men, right? Yes. Shout out to boys to men if they're listening out there. <laughs> I'll say you and uh, you and Brian this week 
you guys are now you guys went from men to boys <laughs> yeah yeah because zach this is the end of a playoff streak for h&f yes and i was made aware of this by uh adam schefter and chris mortensen in our league um jake jake was texting me i had no idea i, I really thought jordan reader broke his leg um was not watching the game um let me just say you don't watch those types of games <laughs> at all like if you're losing especially if you're losing by 20 and uh you've got those type of players going you don't watch um that's Too just tough. it's torture you just don't do it if you if you win you move on you lose you take the l it's over you take you the l you don't sit there and just worry about it but i think jake was doing it for me um he was well, very oh, we, we both were yeah i i figured um cuz jake texts me uh, all these updates um i'm sitting there editing trying to edit photos and then uh pace chris mortensen here he uh what did you do like put out like a an article <laughs> like I had, I had no idea i thought i had said something in the text between us that you were talking about i was like what are you talking about and you said on facebook and i was like oh i missed that i mean you guys were fast no you, i did i did some research during the game and i just couldn't yeah. believe it i thought it was, it was like one of those deals where if we were going to win did you have an article no probably not you were just playing for the, the loss right no it wasn't really an article I just I, to me it was more impressive for you guys it was I, to me I felt like I was uplifting H&F I was trying to make you guys feel better about your your position I appreciate it yeah it's it's not like I made the playoffs and you guys didn't we both were out so I wanted to give you some positivity <laughs> yeah yeah I went I, back I was, it cracked me up though y'all were you guys were fast Jake Jake and uh pace you guys were fast I went back in the archives I went back to the beginning and lots Keegan, of research did a little bit of research. Yeah, I, I was just, I was stunned. I, I wanted to think to myself, I was like, surely Zach and Brian have missed the playoffs once before. So I looked at every single season and I, I put where you guys ended up finishing. I was just amazed. Like, it's the first time you guys have missed the playoffs. And if anything, you should put that beside just the other stats that I included. There's seven championships, two runners up. Uh, it's just, it's, it's impressive what you guys have done. Yeah, I, I you know, I had no idea um, that we had not made the playoffs. So, um, I don't know. It's just crazy. But uh, first for everything. So, there you go. I did like how Jake and I both – we both – our thoughts to you or our sentiments were like, uh, is this the end of an era? Which is kind of funny because it's almost <laughs> like we're trying to kick you guys out or break you guys up. Yeah. Oh, the, end of, the end of an era. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I, was, I, I was getting cracked up because you guys were just that, – that was funny. I mean – can you confirm or deny? Is this is this broken up? H and F? Are you guys still intact? Um, I can neither confirm nor deny if we are coming back next year. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow, you missed yeah. the playoffs one year, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the end of the end of a playoff streak for H and F. I'm pretty sure that will never be topped uh, as long as this league survives. <laughs> yeah. What did Jake say? He said this will not be broken for the at least the next ten years or something like that. Right. I can't remember what he said. It was that was funny. I'm fairly convinced you don't have anything ready for this, Zach, like a soundbite. But I did. I did find the very first year of CMB 2005, the winner of Vic Experience or the Vic Experience. That was the you, right? Vic, oh yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah, yeah. the best. Do you remember that commercial? Uh, was 2005 fifth grade? No, I don't remember. <laughs> well, look it up, Nike, the Vic Experience. All right, Zach always giving me a little culture on this uh, on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, the other the other spot I. Uh, 
so the, that matchup had a little bit of intrigue for me. I was watching Monday Night Football, and it really came down to the final spot came down between me and Kevin. Both finished the year six and seven, the two six and seven teams, but it came down to points four at the end of the day. Mm. And Kevin snuck out with the last playoff spot, eleven point three points higher than me, and he gets that. Oh final my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, and I did a little digging too. I was talking to Jake. It's kind of funny. Imagine that, talking to Jake. <laughs> I, I play Baker Mayfield against the Texans instead of my gut with Mariota against the Jets. Mariota finished with like 10 points higher. So, man, if I would have put Mariota in, I would have been stat correction points away from getting the final spot. I'm looking at it right now. That is, dude. It's tough. That 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 hurts. That one really yep. hurts. Yep, it's tough. But I I'm willing to concede. Like Kevin's the better team, and Kevin's gonna make a run. I'm convinced. So Zach, let's move on and do a little bit of our Week 14 preview, yeah. um, and look at the Fab recap. Not a lot going on this week, but some players spent a lot of money. It was pretty much all Greg Co. Greg made the only two Fab bids that were winning bids and he gets the running back Jeff Wilson Jr. that we talked about the San Francisco back 26 bucks hey, uh, go get your guy get quarter fi- quarterfinals you got to do it yeah got to this is it do or die so uh, West Coast Wombat spent 20 so Greg $26 gets the win Kemp's crew spent 14 Tecmo spent 10 mm. and then Greg gets an IDP Gerald Hodges the r- linebacker for Arizona $15 Let's see, he's put up 10 and 13 tackles. Okay. Next highest bid was 3 bucks. So Greg wanted Gerald Hodges, and he paid the money, and he got him. So that's, got what, him. that's what you got to do. Yep. The non-compete, uh, go non-com- non-compete players here, Darren Sproles, uh, you know, back from the grave, I guess. Darren Sproles goes to the Allman Brothers for $15, which is just ridiculous, obviously. They're not in the playoffs. This is the only money that they have <laughs> spent <laughs> – <laughs> in fab all year so their budget is 85 bucks are they trolling us they're sprolling us they're sprolling <laughs> <laughs> oh no um the next kidding? the next non-compete the, the next non-compete oh, is taywan taylor the titans receiver what? goes t- goes to west coast wombats for 20 dollars what i know some weird things happen in the quarterfinals oh, i'm telling you gosh guys uh, Taewon Taylor, I mean, a little bit of a homer pick for West Wait, Coast, I would he, say. Did he have a good game? I mean, he had three catches for 104 yards and no touchdowns. So, um, yeah. Um, Basically, uh, he had, I think he had half the points Dante Pettis had. Man, this is, this is how I can tell that my <clears throat> fantasy rehab is going well. Um, I had completely forgotten about the fab bids. Yep, same. And that's when you know you're doing, you're doing well. Um, I've caught myself a few times checking – um, different apps and stuff like that. But for the most part, I'm clean. I'm doing well. And um, this is probably the the best I have done. Right. So uh, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of gave up. Like, you know, when I when I pull up, if I go to the, the fantasy football page, it has my two teams that I'm, you yeah. know, my two, my two leagues. And the top one, the CMB league, it just says, page in your face versus bye week. So I just don't even click on our league. It's just too tough. I've caught myself maybe once or twice checking Roto World, and I'm like, "What are you doing? What are you? Right. What are you even doing?" Yeah, just yeah. give up. Yeah, just that's it. But for the most part, I'm doing well. So this uh, these fab bids, this is this is great comedy. This is very good. Thank you. 
Yeah, especially when you look at Jacksonville's defense special teams. Tecmo bids $12. No one else bid anything. They're really banking on the Thursday night football matchup uh, on Thursday against the Titans. So, uh, And then the last one here, this is really uncharacteristic of them. I'm surprised this, this pick went down. But Cam Newton threw four picks in week 13. I think it scared Rob and Jeff a little bit, and they spent $7 on Josh Allen. I can't say this about Josh Allen, and I've, and I've seen Jeff and Rob do this in the regular season, I guess you could say. Um, Josh Allen, I think, was the number two quarterback this past week. He was. He was. He had a very good game. And uh, when that who, – who was the guy for San Francisco, the quarterback that took over for Garoppolo? Nick Mullins. No, no, no. C.J. Beathard. Beathard, yes. He, he, he put together about three good weeks or so, and they picked him up as well. So, um, I mean, it's possible that, that Josh Allen could be serviceable, but I agree. I think Cam Newton might have scared him just a little bit. Yeah, just, just like Facebook scared Jeff. Remember, he put the stock in, and then he yeah, – Jeff, just... it's time to come back. Right. I mean, just for the group, just for the Facebook group. Just come back. It doesn't have to be under the name Jeff. I mean, just, you know, whatever. I don't want to take this podcast too far off the rails, but speaking of Jeff and speaking of his, I wouldn't say fear, but his interest in the stock market. I remember when he won the league on his, on his solo effort a couple of years ago and his Jersey was Dak Prescott. I saw that photo of him holding up the Jersey at the draft. It kind of came across uh, the Facebook group recently and it made me wonder, we need to do a little follow-up on that Jersey. How's, how has the value of that Jersey been? Has he worn it? Is it in mint condition? We need to have Jeff back on. Uh, I'm texting him right now to find out. I put Dak, and it just auto-corrected it to Dad. <laughs> Have you sold the Dad jersey? Oh, God. Dad, Dad Prescott. Have you sold the Dak Prescott jersey on eBay? All right, we'll find out, hopefully, before this podcast is over. All right, Zach, while we're, while we're waiting on that, let's talk a little bit about something you proposed to – I don't know if it was to the Facebook group or if you just sent, that out, sent this out in a text – it's the end of the regular season at fantasy football. We're in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. So it's interesting for eight teams and it's boring for about six of us. So Zach, what you, you sent out, you wanted to know about the worst decisions, the worst draft picks, the worst moves people made in the season and find out what people were thinking about their own team, not about other people's moves, but their own. Do we have any self-awareness, any accountability within our league? What, we were, some of the, what were some of the responses? Yeah, here's a few of the responses. Um, Risher, he said the best pickup was Boyd, and the worst move was his inability to trade players early, namely uh, A.J. Green. So he was not he, – he told me, I saw him the other day, he said he didn't get one trade offer for A.J. Green. So um, that was, that's what Rich said. Jeff Gall, he said um, their worst move was drafting David Johnson, which they took yeah. on the first. Yeah. Whoa! Breaking news, breaking news here. Um, Jeff Gall, what do you want me to tell? Hold on, let me, let me finish this, then we'll get to the. All right. Uh, Jordan Iwanison, he says, picking up Devontae Freeman as my main running back, my offense struggled all season, particularly at running back after Freeman became injured. Yeah, that's definitely the reason he got the ice bucket. We all know. Um, and then Jake, he said, getting Tevin Coleman for Sony Michelle. Oh, please. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, that's, that's all I got, you know, as far as that goes. I, I have one for myself before we get to Jeff's text. Okay. So, for me, it, it is involving the draft. So, my, my uh, round three through five picks, 
Doug Baldwin, Alex Collins, and Carrion Johnson. And just really disappointing when I look back. Doug Baldwin has been MIA pretty much all season. Alex Collins has lost his job basically twice this year. When you think about all the carries he's given up. And then Carrion Johnson, I traded away. Before I traded away, he hadn't really even played at all. So yeah. I was pretty disappointed with those picks. Um, I would definitely say for us it was uh, the trade of a running back and a tight end, which I will not name, um, pretty much cost us the season. So, yeah. Derek Nebron? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Disaster. I'm, I'm curious. What did, uh, what's this response from Jeff? Jeff. He is uh, he's texting me right now. So he says, yes, it has been sold. It has been sold. He has sold the Dak Prescott, and he sold it for $55. That is – got to be kidding me. That is half, maybe less than half of what we paid for it. Are you – as the commissioner, I mean, (laughs) they don't have to keep the jerseys, but how do you feel about, you know, the jersey being basically auctioned? Well, I mean, um, Dak has been terrible. Right. Um, so I'm sure Jeff was panicking and just trying to get whatever he could after this season. Uh, maybe he did it in the middle of the season. I don't know. But, I mean, if you're going to try to sell a jersey like that, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's probably happy he got 55. Look, I, I actually understand why he picked Dak because I think that it was his sophomore season or his, you know, his second year in the league. So he, his, he probably thought his stock was rising. Uh, Cowboys are America's team. Yeah. So I get the decision. Yeah. I was thinking something cool would be um, instead of a jersey, well, like you could maybe do the choice of a jersey, but it would be kind of cool if we did like an autograph of a player that you wanted. You know, if it was – if it we could fit it in the budget, you could get it online or something like that. Um, you pick the player, and we try to find an autograph, you know, of that player, and that's what you get. How, or we work with an NFL team and we set up like a dinner with a player from your squad that year. So for me, it'd be kind of like if I won this year, it'd be kind of yeah. hard. Like I would have wanted to pick Kareem Hunt, but I'm not going to go out to dinner with Kareem Hunt because I've seen what he does in public. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, maybe we could coordinate like, you know, for example, Ross and Reed could go out to dinner with Saquon Barkley. Uh, come on. Too, too soon? Yeah, way too soon. All right. Hey, how about this? Here's a question regarding the league. And I'm, I'm sorry to go off topic, but should we bring back like the plaque, you know, that has like all the names on it or should we get like a trophy? Like, would it be cool to hold up a a trophy that kind of looked like the Super Bowl trophy or something? Or do people not care? Would there still, would there still be a prize like a Jersey? Yeah, there would still be a prize, but like we would just, yeah, I like that idea. bring, Bring back the plaque, you know, like in past years we have the plaque. I still have it. I know where it's at. Um, I could get all the past champions' names on it. And then what we did was whoever won that year, you got to take the plaque with you for the whole year, and you could display it, you know, in your office or at home or in the garage, wherever you're, you know, and then bring it back the next year. I like the plaque. I I think the plaque needs to make a comeback regardless. I actually thought the plaque has been around all this time, and it was just like at your house or – I mean, there's no reason for you to have given up the plaque. You probably, you know, being the champion so many times, you probably just kept it. But yeah. I, 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 let's bring the plaque back. Bring the plaque back. Return of the plaque. <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah. And the trophy thing, too. I like a trophy idea. I mean, those aren't too expensive, right? Um, I mean, initially, it's, it's a little bit expensive. But then, you know, if you engrave names and stuff like that, it's like five or ten bucks per Tom. So, But 
I was thinking maybe we just go to one or the other, but if people like both of them, I'd be up for it, you know? Yeah, one for the office, one for home. Yeah, but I didn't know if, what the league thinks. Maybe we'll make that our poll. We'll make that our poll for this. Let's do it. Podcast. All right, uh, Zach, let's move on real quickly here. I, we wanted to make this episode kind of quick, so let's go on to the quarterfinals. This is the first round of the playoffs, quarterfinal picks of the week. We're going to do some more locks and bold predictions of this week. But before we do that, I want to recap last week's bold prediction bold predictions and locks. Zach, you locked last week. You locked uh, Tecmo, I want to say. Is that right? I don't know. I think you I think you picked against yourself. No, actually you didn't. You locked IDP still suck against Jordan I want is in extremely yeah. low hanging fruit and you get the win because obviously that happened. And Jordan I want is in crowned the ice bucket winner slash loser. Yes. Very exciting. We need to talk to Jordan. Once the playoffs kind of get shaken out and we have moved on to the off season, we're going to bring Jordan on sometime before the Super Bowl, of course, talk a little bit about his season, what went wrong, what, if anything went right and if, what he'd you know do again. And then we'll talk a little bit about the ice bucket. Yes. So. I did see a little tease in the Facebook group. Did you see the comment where he said that the Eagle costume will not be involved? What? Did you not see this? No. Yeah, he responded to someone. I think he responded to Jake Stanford, and he said, the Eagle costume will not be involved in the Ice Bucket video. Oh, Jordan. But he did not confirm nor deny that Dr. Phil Oldham would be involved. <laughs> so we'll see. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, you did not have a bold prediction last week. I forgot to uh, follow up on that one. But my lock was pacing your face. I picked, again, picked myself to win, and I won. So get a W there. My bold prediction, though, is 25-plus points for Deion Lewis. Big time L, 5.4 points. Do you not remember that I had the bold prediction that Kareem Hunt would get cut and dropped by the uh, Chiefs? Yeah, I remember you saying you had some, like, kind of footage on your MacBook that you were ready to drop and send a TMZ. How much money did you make off that? What yeah, I can't, I can't really talk about that right now. But anyways, yeah, that was, so I actually got the win on that. So, anyway. Well then. Hey, before we go over this, let me go over the uh, the text I just sent out asking who everybody thinks is going to win. You want me to do that? Let's hear it. All right, Kevin White. I should have said besides yourself, but whatever. Kevin White said, Kevin White, book it. Jay Myrick, Jake. Jake, pick Tecmo. Chase, Jeff, and Rob. See? Gall collusion right there if I've ever seen it. Yep. Blake, he says, I hate to say it, Jake, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I feel, he said, I feel so dirty. Um, That's a very Blake text, but go ahead. And then Suggs picked strong side, and then Courtney Norton picked uh, West Coast Wombats. So there you have it. Wow, a lot of people picking themselves. Who, yep. uh, no surprises there. Yep, so there you go. All right, well, let's make our picks and do our picks of the week. Picks of the week. All right, we'll do kind of rapid fire here, but strong side, the number three seeded team versus Greg Co. number six. Zach, teams always overperform for some reason. I don't know why, but they always overperform when there's a coaching change midseason. We've seen it in recent years. Dan Campbell, when he took over for the Dolphins, Mike Malarkey, when he took over for the Titans. It just seems to happen when there's a, a coaching change midseason. So I think that that happens again this week. I think the Green Bay Packers come out and they play for Joe Philbin. Uh, right after you know the week after Mike McCarthy was fired, Atlanta has given up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So I think Aaron Rodgers for strong side has a huge week. 
Here are their two running backs. Nick Chubb's last four weeks, 16, 37, 28, and 16 points. In the last four weeks for Zeke Elliott, their first-round uh, draft pick this year, 36, 33, 25, and 25 points. They're going to have huge weeks again in week 14. I'm picking strong side over Greg Coe. Man, this is, this is really close. Um, I, I want to pick Greg here because uh, Todd – the main thing that's holding me back is Todd Gurley's playing Chicago. And um, that's going to be a tough matchup for him. Right. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pick Greg. Uh, just to be different because I'm losing in league, league pick them, and I would imagine everybody's going with uh, with Matt and John, so I'm going Greg. League pick them is dead, by the way. There's no To me, there's no way that Matt and well, Matt will be dethroned because he's in first I, by about five points. I definitely agree. So uh, it looks like Matt is going to get the uh, first selection in the draft. So uh, early congratulations. All right, the next one here, East Coast Wombats, number four versus Dragon Energy, number five. Leonard Fournette is back from suspension this week, so ECW takes a big uh, cut in play for Carlos Hyde, who had been in their flex spot, and they actually don't currently have a reliable flex play on their bench. Plus, you know, you can't trust Case Keenum right now, especially losing Emmanuel Sanders for the season, so I'm going with Dragon Energy. Yeah, um... It's tough here because you really wonder what they're going to do with that flex spot right there. Um, but uh, I'm going to give it to East Coast because we've sponsored them. And so te <laughs> technically, we are still in the playoffs. So our streak is not over. Um, so I hate to tell, um, you know, you and Jake that, but that's the case. So East Coast, H&F, <laughs> streak lives on. Congratulations. It's amazing to me that ECW is ranked this high and has made the playoffs when throughout the season, they basically streamed quarterbacks all year long. It was, you know, they had Josh Allen at one point, they had Eli Manning for a few weeks. You know, they played after Jimmy G went down, of course, they had, like I mentioned, Eli Manning, they had Ryan Tannehill, I want to say. So they've just been streaming QBs and it doesn't matter. They're, they're, uh, they're the roster spots have performed well, but I think their magic runs out this week. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at Saquon Barkley, um, he's the equivalent of a quarterback. For right. them. So swap out whoever they put in at quarterback, and Saquon's the the quarterback, and they're fine. So, anyways, East Coast. Te Tecmo Power Runners number two versus the West Coast Wombats number seven. Tecmo gets the Steelers number one running back in their flex spot because of a ridiculous Yahoo policy, like you and I talked about. But that's not why they're winning this week. Uh, here is my bold prediction, 30-plus fantasy points for David Johnson against the Lions. That's why they're going to win. My lock of the week, Tecmo Power Runners. Man, te yeah, this – I hate to say it, but, I mean, they got the cheat code. It, it does not look good uh, for West Coast here. You're hoping Derrick Henry can do something. I hate Thursday night games, um, going up, especially going up against Jacksonville. And, uh, yeah, I mean – with the addition of, of Samuels, it's just going to be really, really tough for them. If they pulled this off, though, that would – if West Coast pulled this off, that would be unbelievable. Is this your lock, or do you want to pick another one as your lock? No, no, no. I, I don't know if I have a lock. East Coast beating Dragon Energy. H&F sponsored. East Coast Wombats, lock of the week. All right. Next one here, last matchup. This is the matchup of the week, in my opinion. That's subjective, of course, but I think you'll agree. Kent's crew, number one, Zach's – destined team to win this year versus your worst nightmare the eighth seed who snuck in the playoffs like i said 
beat me in the points for head-to-head matchup by 11 points to get in the playoffs. And here's the thing, man. You know, Jake had the strategy that we talked about in the Facebook group of sitting uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think he sat his tight end as well. And didn't matter. Jake still has the number one seed. He wanted to face the number seven team, West Coast Wombats. But he gets Kevin instead, who has a super hot team. Um, Kevin has a lot of firepower heading into the playoffs. It's, it's undeniable. He's the number one fantasy quarterback, like I mentioned, in Pat Mahomes. And his second running back, the undrafted Broncos stud rookie, is having a monster year. I'm talking about Philip Lindsay. He's averaging 6.08 yards per carry, which only Jamal Charles in 2010 and Barry Sanders in 1997 have averaged before. And his 937 rushing yards are only 17 yards behind Saquon Barkley, the number two overall pick in this year's draft. And he's actually carried the ball 41 times more than Lindsey. So Lindsey's been a great pick for Kevin and been a great play all season. Yeah, I remember when he put in, I don't know, $41, $42 right there off the bat. And we were all like, whoa. But it, it's paid off. Pick, um, of the, pick of the year. Pick up yeah, of the year. Bab, that was well, well spent. I mean, you see – at this point in the season, we got people spending a lot of money too, you know, so uh, good job out, Kevin. And, um, uh, you know, you'd almost think with Emmanuel Sanders going down, I don't know if that'll open up more for him possibly. Um, I have no idea, but yeah, he's, he's got a good team. Like I said, Kevin's got a great team. On the other side, Jake has shaky plays this week and Dante Pettis, who's had, you know, two decent weeks in a row, but Marquise Goodwin is likely back this week for the 49ers. And also, since the Falcons' bye in week eight, Tevin Coleman's touches have decreased each week, giving up more to Ido Smith. Coleman went from 18 carries to 14 to 11, 11, and then nine. So, Zach, I know he's not going to like it, and I know you're going to roll your eyes, but upset alert, the number eight C team knocks off number one in the quarterfinals. Hey, there's a reason Jake's trying to get out of this uh... – this bracket, and I think it's because they didn't want to face Kevin. I agree. Um, Kevin's got a good team, but hey, Jake's team is is great. McCaffrey's been on fire. Ertz, unreal, um, and his Jake's IDPs. I mean, they are just they're nice. as solid as they get. Now I see he's starting this uh, Anthony Walker guy. We had him this past year, and as of late, he's been really, really good. But he can definitely throw up some duds. I don't know. Maybe Jake knows something. You know, obviously. He does picking him up, but uh, I have no idea what the deal was with him. He he was really good, and then he kind of would slow down. Um, but this Pettis guy, I feel like Jake's weak spot has been at wide receiver as of late. But he got the Pettis, and he's put up seventeen point seventy and twenty nine point seventy the past two weeks. So that was a really good get for him as long as uh, he can he can keep that up. I'll say this about Kevin's team: Kevin's got a great team, like you said, lots of firepower, yep. good IDPs. Except I have no idea what he is doing, Kevin, if you're listening, um, at your cornerback position, your safety position. I would, I would swap them out if it was me um, for somebody that gets more consistent tackles. But watch these guys return the ball for a touchdown, you know. But oh, yeah. looking at Jenkins, the past, he's doing like, you know, 7.756, 3.25, and 7. I mean – that's okay. I guess he's doing some kind of big plays there, getting those points, but he's just getting like two tackles, two, one assist and stuff like that. If I was in charge of Kevin's team, I would make that move. But 
you always got, it looks like these guys might be big play guys and maybe it'll uh, cash in for him. You never know. Sounds like you're picking Kevin. No, I'm picking Jake. All right. So we're split there. We're splitting every matchup like usual, but uh, I think Kevin wins this week. Do you have a bold prediction from any of these matchups? Um, I'll go with uh, Philip Lindsay scoring over 30 points. All right. So I have David Johnson going over 30. You have Philip Lindsay going over 30. Those are our picks of the week from the quarterfinal. We will see how this shakes out. I think a lot of these matchups uh, – I think two of these have a really good chance of coming down to Monday night football. But I, like I said, with my lock of the week in Tecmo, I think they win big and pretty handedly. So uh, some close matchups I think could come in the quarterfinal and even smaller episode next week. But before we close this one out, Zach, do you have a tweet of the week? I do. You go first. Tweet of the week. All right, so my tweet of the week, probably not as good as yours, but I saw this one. This is topical because I was at this game – Titans Jets on Sunday took Brandy. We're sitting there, and in the fourth quarter, the Titans are trying to make a comeback against the Jets, a position that you should not have been in at all. And I think there was like maybe 150 left on the clock, and the Jets punt the ball to the Titans. Dory Jackson waves for a fair catch on like the Titans' 14-yard line. He had nobody in sight for like 10 yards ahead of him, and he waves for a fair catch, and the stadium erupted in booze because I think that was like the third time he had fair caught the ball a punt when he had room to run, he looks kind of scared back there. And so Adoree Jackson actually tweeted after the game, and I thought this was pretty funny. You know, he's got a sense of humor. He said, mood when the fans started booing my fair catch decision. And it's a gif of – did you ever see Training Day, Zach? You know, I haven't. It's Denzel Washington in Training Day, and it's the scene where basically the entire neighborhood turns on him. And he's in the middle, and he's just kind of looking at all these guys who are, you know – stood around him in a circle and ready to kind of like beat him up basically. So I just thought that was pretty good by Dory. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, mine is any of the office fans out there was uh, Pam tweeted out. Uh, Jenna Fisher tweeted out a photo <laughs> of the, of the crew they got together. And in one of the photos, if you zoom in on Stanley's face, he uh, is really grinning big and somebody cropped it in one of the comments and they put, it must be pretzel day. So that's if, awesome. You get a chance to check it out. It's it's pretty good. So um, that's my tweet of the week. All right. Episode 104 in the books. This is uh, week 14 in the NFL, but the quarterfinal in CMB. It's playoff fantasy football time, and it's December football in the NFL. Exciting time, Zach. Shorter podcasts, and that means that we get more time to go eat a W. That's a W. Let's eat one.